This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. If you missed any part of the show to this point, including Caps GM Brian McClellan discussing the trade deadline, you'll want to go back and podcast the program, the FanDC.com, GrantAndDanny.com. Slash audio. Caps power play coming your way later this segment before we get out of here. Overtime, bottom of the hour, 630 with Linnell Willingham keeping it live and local deep into the evening. So just to wrap up our uh, combine news and notes on quarterback prospects. So you had Richardson breaking records on the field, 6'4", 244 weigh in, uh, 4.43, 40-yard dash. Just an incredible combine performance. Richardson's the one-year starter, completed about 54% of his passes at Florida. I will say week one watching him against Utah was an iconic, just a legendary performance. There were a couple of other times where I watched him this year where he really struggled. I think he had three total games where he didn't even complete 50% of his passes. There are there are some tough moments, I almost said, on film. I, I'm not watching film. I watch the games like everybody else. But there are also some moments that are jaw-dropping. Oh, my God, there's no one else on the planet that can do that. You know, where he's... Faster than everybody, but then also ran through a couple different guys. It, it, he's like a guy that doesn't belong in the league at certain times. But then, as you said, there, there were some moments certainly where he shrunk and, and wasn't really able to throw the ball effectively. And it, it, he's just such an intriguing prospect. Like somebody's going to say, we'll take him. We'll do it. We'll be the team that's patient. We'll be the team that that gets him into a pro system, develops him and uses his full skill set. We are not going to rush him. Uh, you know, to, to, to try to have me the franchise guy. But the skill set is just too tantalizing. What do you make of my point on C.J. Stroud? And I do understand that, that when you watch the film, according to these draft experts, there are some obvious flaws and some things he misses. I, I think that's just called being a college prospect. Like, you have to get better at those things. I like Stroud for a couple reasons. Number one, call me old-fashioned. I like my quarterbacks to operate real well within the pocket. I like him to stand there flat-footed and make throws on big third and longs. He does that. He is 6'3 and 215. He is a, not maybe the anticipatory passer that I'd like, but a big-armed, can be accurate, short to intermediate, really good thrower of the football. I know there's some questions about his athleticism and his mobility. I think he's going to have plenty of, of 
propensity to move around in the pocket, slide around defenders. Yeah, I mean, he's not you know, he's not Richardson, but it's not no. like he's he's stone footed. Agreed. I, like he, he's not Derek Carr, who just got paid today. You know what I'm saying? Like this, he, he's gonna be able to, I think, um pick up the occasional first down on a scramble, that back breaking eleven yard where he kept the football, got to the sticks and, and kept a drive alive. I, I think he'll have that club in the back. The the knocks on him though just seem unfair. And I, I get that they're a reality. Because Dwayne Haskins, who had 50 touchdowns at Ohio State, or because Justin Fields has really struggled as a thrower of the football, they put up huge numbers and had a lot of success with the Buckeyes. I think Stroud's being dinged a little bit. Is that reasonable? That that you know, there's yes. something to be said for Haskins throwing 50 touchdowns and, and coming out of Ohio State with those huge numbers to then see how flawed he was and how uh, much growth he would have to do as a passer was eye-opening, and maybe people think, well, you just have the best receivers. You have four or five great receivers. You have a great scheme. You have a coach in Ryan Day that gets guys open. It's so much easier for you, C.J. Yeah. Stroud, than it is for a lot of people, and that's being held against him. It, it's totally a thing, and it's now kind of the latest version of this, right? It used to be guys from the Big 12. It used to be the run-and-shoot quarterbacks. Yeah, it doesn't translate to the NFL or whatever you want to call it. You know, the guys that are you know throwing with five wide receivers and nothing but bubble screens and smokes and, and things like that. This is kind of the latest version of that. It all, all it takes is somebody to break the mold. I hear that all the time, by the way. People are like, yeah, I, I just don't do Ohio State quarterbacks. And I'm like, okay, well, then you got to cross off every college in the country because the majority of guys that came out of that school can't do it. You're never going to draft the Notre Dame quarterback again. You're not doing Florida State. When was the last time a, a, a guy from, from you know, the, Alabama was, was well, awesome was and all pro say, over here? So you're taking Bryce Young 1-1 probably, right? I mean, Mac Jones recently, I would say the arrow's been trending down. But maybe he's good, maybe he's not. But A.J. McCarron, I just watched him play at Audi Field yesterday for the St. Louis Battlehawks. Now, he wasn't drafted high. Him and Greg McElroy were like late-round guys who were captains and leaders of Alabama teams. But there's not really a precedent for Alabama quarterbacks yeah, thriving Arrow's in the trending NFL. up for Tua, but that's not even injury concerns. But, but you see my point, right? You just kind of go, I'm not doing Ohio State quarterbacks. I, I think that's a, a grave mistake. Now, you may not like this one. I would disagree with Are that. Are we holding Tim Tebow against Anthony Richardson? Right. That's what I'm saying. Shane it's, Matthews? That's silliness, you know? I a, Watching a guy execute a system at a high level and saying, maybe these are not the numbers that are indicative of the player. Does that make sense? Yes. Right. Like at Ohio State, you've got the best of everything. The best talent, the best O-line, probably the best receivers, the, the the best scheme, design, everything. It's made simple for you. He put you put up outstanding numbers. They were a field goal away from winning the Natty this year. They they gave Georgia the best game they got all season. So are you gonna say that that guy can't do it because he's an Ohio an Ohio State quarterback or you know, by his own merit? That, that's kind of what I'm what I'm looking at here. Exactly right. I, I was talking to someone this week. Um more a media person, not like, uh, you know, someone who works on draft boards or anything. But I, I said, what, what is the deal? Why don't people like C.J. Stroud from Ohio State more? And he said, you know, I think people just w expected him to put up big numbers. Like, you got to put up numbers in that offense. He threw for 41 touchdowns and six picks this year. 41 touchdowns and six picks, 3,700 yards in 13 games. Now, was he better statistically last year? Yeah, he was. But he averaged 284 yards a game with 41 touchdowns and six picks. And while the production was down a little bit, they run the ball all over people. Like, if you're up 42 to 13, sorry about it. You don't just get to keep slinging the pill. 
I just have not yet heard a really good argument against him. It seems like there are more minor complaints. Mm -hmm. Like, you've got a major ding against Bryce Young, size, who I would take first overall, I've pointed out. You have a major complaint against Anthony Richardson, in my opinion, which is accuracy, or you could say completion percentage, or you could say lack of production, whatever it is. Like, throwing up the football just wasn't there every single week. Where is my, I can't draft C.J. Stroud because? I just don't think he has that. And then the last guy we haven't talked much about at all is Will Levis. Now, Will Levis has a major ding against him this year, which is he didn't play that well. And if you if it's important to you that your quarterback you're going to draft in the top 10 plays well, then Will Levis might not be your guy <laughs> based on <laughs> this past season. Yeah. But Levis, 6'3", 220. Looks the part. He really does. I loved how he threw the ball. Now, that I try not to do this combine throwing against air thing, but he can sling it, man. He is really accurate, short and intermediate. He's got a big enough arm to make every single throw, but it is hard to see 19 touchdowns and 10 picks this past season. And and just, you know, senior year at Kentucky, his second year with the program, he was better last year, but mid-60s completion percentage, you know, 2,400 yards. You want to talk about, like, where are my numbers? I get that he lost a lot of guys. I, I know how this went. It was not pretty for Will Levis this year. No. I mean, it's somebody who is very pro-Levis did a – I'm trying to remember who it was. I was looking while you were talking. I couldn't find it. Um, did a, hey, look, these guys that he's playing with, it ain't the same. It's not as good as what USC – Was that the breakdown with all of his picks or it, something else? It, it, I think it was something else where he's okay. going, look, this is what the receiver should be doing. This is where the ball was. It was good. The point was a, hey, Will Levis is getting really – hampered down here by lack of talent around him. So where are you on him? Because my general Will Levis take right now is, I think Will Levis is way better than everyone who's beating up on him based on how he played last year. I do. I also would be really worried about taking him in the top five or seven of a draft class. He's the kind of guy I would always miss on. And I, I know it's a weakness, right? Where I go, I, I just need you to kick ass at the previous level for me. I, just, I, I have to have that. and it's, It leads to mistakes. Right yeah. again, I, I'm not, not trying to beat up the guy posthumously, but I, I'm the guy that would make the mistake on Dwayne Haskins every time. Major college, huge numbers. Not you know, we're not doing you know Tommy Chong at Hawaii. We're not doing Andre Ware at at, uh, at Houston. Tommy Chang. This is like big time Timmy stuff. Chang. Here. Timmy Chang. Who's Tommy Chong? <laughs> I don't know. There's but no, I, the Cheech and Chong guy. I don't Timmy think Chang. It's That's Timmy what I was Chang looking for. From Hawaii. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I I I make the mistake on the highly productive guy, so I'm going to miss on the Josh Allen's. I'll, that's my weakness so in evaluation. You say that. I know what I would miss on every time. I would always miss on Anthony Richardson. In, uh, in other words, let me let me say that better. I would always pass and miss when he becomes great. The only guy, if we're comping him to Josh Allen, I did like Allen a lot, and it was based on one performance, the Senior Bowl. I thought he kicked ass in the Senior Bowl. But on the... Super electric skill set, but the passing isn't really on film yet. I would miss on a lot of those guys because th someone else is taking them and developing them. And it is a hole in my game where I would have to, if I'm a GM, the number one confidant I have, like whoever is my assistant GM, is going to have to be obsessed with guys like Richardson. Uh, Anthony Richardson probably ends up being a superstar. Like, those are the Great types chance, of guys right. that have... Everyone's looking for the the Mahomes, Allen, Burrow. Like he has a chance to be that level. Right. Do you take the high ceiling guy? 
But it's it's a what is it a ten percent chance he becomes that, mm. and then there's a fifty percent chance he's he's awful. I, I would go with higher floor, lower ceiling guys. Whether that is Bryce Young, whether that's C.J. Stroud, who I put in that category, I really like Stroud. I do too. I, I love Young. Like Young's my number one guy. I'm taking him number one, knowing the size thing might eventually make this not work, but. That guy is going to play at a high level if he's healthy. So here is my exception to sort of my general view of things. And again, I, I'm not qualified to do this. I'm not good at it. I'm not even claiming to be. But I'll take I'll take my chances with the Bryce Youngs and the C.J. Strouds of the world first, okay? My exception is, do you have something baseball scout style that's elite? Do you have something that can be done that nobody else is doing? Anthony Richardson, color me intrigued. Right, I miss out on unproductive, non-special skill type guys. And again, I'm, I'm sounding like a beaten up Will Levis. He's a first-round draft pick here. But those are the kind of guys I'd always end up missing on. If depending on where I am, I will take a chance on a guy like uh, on a guy like Anthony Richardson. Again, my first choice is great traits, highly productive at the previous level. My second choice is incredibly high ceiling, something unique, great skill set. If even if it doesn't match the production, I wanted nothing to do. With Johnny Manziel. Same. Called that one right. And my issue on Manziel was, this guy leaves clean pockets. He runs more than he throws. I felt the same way about Lamar at Louisville. I would have missed on Lamar. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So, I don't have to deal with, it's two different guys. Obviously, Manziel's a, a silly goose nut job off the field. Kind of had a lot of issues. Lamar seems like a mensch and a pretty good dude. But my point is just, like, the style of, I made so many plays with my feet, I'm bringing that with me. I need the arm to equal everything else, mm-hmm. like as a starting point. Yep. And, and I would just, the league is trending toward playmaker at quarterback. You see it with Justin Fields. Justin Fields just about ran for more yards than he threw for last year. I mean, I'm exaggerating. But, but it's close. That's not a bad thing. Like, yards are yards. Whether you run for them, whether you throw for them, touchdowns, whether you have 11 rushing and 15 passing or, or vice versa, who cares? Points, yards, they're all the same. They're all coming from the same place. And it's just something as as we go further with basically more and more of the college game coming to the NFL, uh-huh. which in turn means more of the the athlete performance at quarterback and running around. I just got to keep updating that it, it has become important. But I still like the guy that kind of scrambles over runs mm-hmm. and and, and um, runs when is necessary. I, I want to minor in that, not major in it. Yeah, I, th- I think of it as playmaking first, running second. Right, I want a playmaker. It's cool if you can run too. Like that's awesome. Which right? is probably where I need to get to. I my I think of it as pass first, run second. Oh, I just meant that hierarchy. Yeah, but but I, but I see what you're right. saying. Like, and and we're going more and more away from passing in the pocket, seeming to be a priority for these teams. Because I'm the way I think of it is as follows. I think there are 30 guys on the planet that when it's 72 and sunny, second and five can take the snap. Drop back, deliver the football accurately between seven to ten yards, and hit a receiver for a first down. I don't think that's what's winning games now. To me, it's there's going to be 30 seconds left, no timeouts. We got to get to the line of scrimmage, and it's fourth and seven, and make a play. Like that's the difference to me. Now, not every game is won that way, but some are. And to me, that's the difference between being able to go 
you know, hey, we won nine games this year in 10, and, and having Pat Mahomes and always having a chance and always winning double-digit games all the time just because you got out of bed. All right, here's some other combine notes just to quick get quick reactions on these. Uh, this is from Football Morning in America, NBC, and Peter King. Uh, he made it sound like the Bears are going to be trading the number one pick. No ands, if ands, or buts about it. I don't know how notable this is, but he came out of Indy saying they are keeping fields. I mean, P- Ryan Poles would say to anybody who was listening, they're going to see this fields experiment through to the end here, and they're trading that pick. So I, I think you can put a bow on that. You know, we started the offseason saying, well, maybe they get cute. You know, Maybe you see what you can get for fields, or maybe you trade back a few spots and you move fields, and you still get a quarterback and you get a ton back. They're keeping fields. They're trading the pick. The question is to who? Peter King made it seem like two teams that are the most desperate to move up for a QB are the Colts and the Panthers. So first with Indianapolis, here's the, the what he kind of drew as their desperation. They've gotten quarterback wrong for years, as we know. Yeah. Chris Ballard is on a warming seat. He kind of made it seem like he might even be on a hot seat. Remember, they just hired Shane Steichen because of how he works with kid quarterbacks. He worked with Herbert in L.A. Then he went to Philly and helped tutor Jalen Hurts, making him into one of the best quarterbacks in the league this past season. So between bringing in Steichen to work with a young QB, Ballard having one more shot to get this right, the fact that they've gone the veteran route for years, one by one getting this wrong, he thinks the Colts coming up from four makes a lot of sense. And that's always been my prediction, is that Indy moves up three picks and they take Bryce Young with the first pick. I feel even more confident about that because their silly goose of an owner, Jim Irsay, said in a press conference, (laughs) that guy from Alabama looks pretty good. Remember when he said that? Yeah, I do. And Chris Ballard was like, nah, man. Other guys look good, too. We like a lot of A lot of of people look good. So many guys look good. Many people are looking so good. That's what I've always thought is that the Colts were were poised and ready to do it. They're tired of the one-year retread veteran mistake. They're tired of the Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan train. That's st- I still think it's a pretty good roster. I think they need some more at, at receiver, but you can fix that. To me, I, I've always felt like they're the team that's primed to do it. Carolina's interesting to me, though. That That's intriguing, right? It, it, the timing is good when you, you bring in the brand-new coach. Now's the time to go poach your guy. That was his point. They went and got Frank Reich. He's going to be their head coach, and he said – the Panthers basically, this is a David Tepper statement. This is Tepper telling them in the building he wants quarterback solved now. Not later. Yeah. He doesn't want to wait a year or two. They, they have fiddled around. After the last couple of years, yeah. I get that, by the way. Sam Darnold, <laughs> yeah. uh, Baker Mayfield, they, they have played this little game. I'm over it. Tepper wants his QB. So he got his coach in Reich, and now he wants to pair him with a quarterback. It would cost a lot more. The Panthers are way down at eight, by the way. They would be leapfrogging. Teams like Vegas at seven who might go quarterback. Obviously, Indianapolis back into the top five. So I don't see them trading up to one because I think it's a long ways to go. Here's what I think could happen, though. My hot take is the Bears go from one to four trading with the Colts and then go from four to eight again trading with the Panthers. The Bears oh. move back twice. Why shouldn't they? If you're not taking a quarterback... They have the, they have a hundred yes. million dollars. They they got a bunch yes. of people you know needs that they need to go get players at a bunch of positions. They have no receivers to speak of. Move back twice, get seven picks in the next couple of years in the top three rounds, and go to work. So I could see them flipping back with Indianapolis Love and then idea. Carolina. Colts go up to one and get Bryce Young, and then the Panthers are sitting there at four to pair Frank Reich with either Will Levis 
or Stroud if he falls or, or whoever's left. Because, you know, that's my axiom. Richardson. Right? If, if you're at the top of the board and you do not need a quarterback, if you decide that that's what you're doing and that's fine, we can have that, you know, Bryce Young versus Justin Fields debate, et cetera. That's what you, sh- you should be doing. And especially if there are quarterbacks at the top that people want, that should be an auction. You hold that pick up and say, who's going to give me the most for it? And then keep moving back. Add picks not only this year, but in future years. Set yourself up, go into free agency a little bit. You dip there. The the Bears could be transformed within a calendar year or two. I know I said we would talk uh, John Morant, but we're running out of time here. So we'll have to move that to tomorrow because I want to get to this breaking news with you. You see the Seahawks and Geno Smith are finalizing a contract to keep him in Seattle as their starting quarterback. Three years, $105 million for Geno Smith. If you had told me at this time last year that Geno Smith would be signing such a deal, I would have said fireballs have hit the earth, were consumed in ash and darkness. The world has ended. No way. Remember no when Geno hadn't written back yet? He has now, right? I mean, Geno wrote back. He wrote back, I guess. On at least his signature. $35 million a year for Geno Smith, AAV. Can you believe it? Now, I want to see the guarantees here. I wonder if this is like $70 million, so it's a two-year $70 million deal. I can't imagine he's going 3-105, and almost fully guaranteed, uh, cousin style. But th- this is based on a season. Man. I-, I always go back to the, the hilariously drawn-out, year-after-year cousins debate of, you can't pay him. Derek Carr today, $34 million. <laughs> Geno Smith, $35 million. This was over 18 at that point. 19, I think. Uh, Unbelievable. So right now, in terms of average value among quarterbacks, you got Rodgers at 50.2, Russell Wilson at 49. What a horrible contract that is. Oh, the Broncos, you're such a joke. You traded for him when he had a bad final season in Seattle and immediately paid him when he was under contract. You didn't have to. $46 $46 million for Kyler Murray. I would make the case that's not a great deal either, but we'll see. He's out for the year with an ACL. Deshaun Watson, worst contract in the history of the world, if he doesn't improve. Fully guaranteed five years at 46, isn't it? His AAV is $46 million. I mean, maybe he gets better this year. He looked like his... He looked rusty to me. Yep, that's a word. Yeah, right? I mean, well, bad, but... Look, look at someone that hadn't played in a long time. But, but is he going to be good again at some point? Great question. I mean, he had one amazing year. It was when the Texans were 4-13 and 13 and he threw it every day down. Uh, I, and I was a, a Deshaun Watson guy for the record, but he wasn't statistically awesome before that. It was like, you know, 25 touchdowns, 10 picks, and he makes a bunch of plays. Bring him to Washington, no problem. And then the world changed. And, and then, no thank you. But the Browns were like, Oh, yes, us, please. And we'll guarantee every penny forever. All of it, forever. And we'll move all the money into the future. So if you get suspended this year, it's not going to affect you almost at all. Every team, by the way, is still furious at the Cleveland Browns for that. Why shouldn't they be? Furious. Now, players should be steamed up. Like, I I see what Lamar's doing, and I get it. He's trying to to follow, get in line. Not going to work, but he's trying. Mahomes, 45 million. Josh Allen, 43 million. Matt Stafford, AAV, $40 million. Kirk Cousins, uh, Dak Prescott, $40 million. Derek Carr, 37.5 as of today. And then Cousins at 35 with Geno Smith. Jared Goff, 33.5. Unreal. That's where we are. All right, time for your power play on G&D.
Brian McClellan was on the show earlier today, the general manager of the Capitals. We figured we would let you hear this as part of the power play. We asked him about having some money and some flexibility this offseason after their fire sale at the deadline and what they'll be looking to do. I think, uh, you know, our lineup needs a little skill right now. Um, you know, I, I think if ideally if we could add a top six winger that has skill in the offseason, I think that would help. And then we'll see how our blue line plays itself out. You know, we'll get Carlson back. We've got Jensen signed. Um, and the young guys will, you know, this would be a good time to evaluate where they fit in for us going forward. I like the idea of them spending some money to go get someone who could score 25 or 30 goals. I'm into that. I mean, the secondary, I don't know if you call it secondary scoring, primary scoring, non-Ovechkin division simply hasn't been there this year. Some of it's injury, some of it's underproduction. I think Marcus Johansson is still their second leading goal scorer behind Ovi this year. That's just not okay. Caps play the Kings tonight. L.A., not Sacramento. It'd be hilarious if they played the Sacramento be a weird Kings game. tonight. Uh, they are in Los Angeles. Should be it's gonna be difficult. It'll be a good hockey game. I mean, the Kings are sixteen over five hundred and have been really, really good. Caps looking for a fourth out of five. If they win tonight, now you start to think maybe they can string some dubs together here. Which Kings light the beam? That would be the Sacramento Kings. Gotcha, gotcha. That's the there we go. That's the best bit going in sport if it's still going. Uh, Linnell Willingham comes your way next with overtime. Now, he claims to be the youngest in charge. Here's the problem. Toby's younger. Toby. Toby Altizer. What are you going to do about that? The real youngest in charge, which means Linnell better start saying I'm the second youngest in charge or else he's lying to everybody. It's the lying that hurts. Toby's the youngest in charge. That's what I was told. And I'm not going to give up my sauces, but Danny was my source. I, I mean, dump what? That. what? No. A little bit. Team four screen plus nine and a half on FanDuel. Love that. And Bill Rowland over five and a half. Boards. Over five and a half. Hammered on the parlay. What are my odds I'm getting on a on a two leg parlay of Bill with six boards and I'm and we're we're getting hooked on plus nine and a half. That is uh that is a nice little payout. That's like right? plus four forty. That's yeah, it's it's around pay that's probably pay you four fifty. <laughs> okay. Four and a half to one, I'll take that. Uh keep it right here for Linnell. He's got overtime in a moment. G and D saying so long. Thanks for listening. Thank you for coming. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.